Welcome to 15 Minute Freelancer, your snack-sized guide to being your own boss and building a business and life you love. I'm your host, Louise Shanahan. My LinkedIn bio says I'm a freelance health copywriter, but for the next 15 minutes, I'll be tickling your ears with practical strategies, behind-the-scenes stories, and nuggets of wisdom so you can create a freelance business that works for you. Whether you're just starting out or you've been self-employed for a while, I'll be right here with you to help you navigate the ups and downs of freelancing life. So grab a coffee, relax, and join me for 15 minutes of freelancing fun. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hello, you're listening to the 15 Minute Freelancer podcast. I'm your host, Louise Shanahan, and today I'm joined by Adam Pearson, who is one half of the research powerhouse that is PS Research, which he runs with his business partner, Emma Slater. Hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. Adam, you're only just recently back to work, aren't you, after being on paternity leave following the arrival of your gorgeous little daughter, Lily. So first of all, huge congratulations on becoming a dad and Lily's arrival. Thank you very much. That's obviously one huge change in your life. But before Lily's arrival, you'd not long gone through another big change, hadn't you, with the shift from being a sole business owner to your partnership with Emma, which is what I would really like to talk about today, the kind of concept of going from two freelancers to one partnership, which I really like. That's the the tagline on your website, isn't it? So you've gone from working with other freelancers and interns from time to time on different projects to entering into this business partnership with Emma. So can you tell us a bit about how that evolved? I suppose this two angles there's how I got to know Emma and then how we got to doing this so when I first went freelance about four years ago wanted to find out are there any is there anyone else where I live doing similar things and Emma was almost like the closest person I could find from a bit of a LinkedIn stalk so we had that kind of initial chat just to get to know her. but she does a different kind of research to me so I do all the data side she does all the talking to people side so I started using her on like a freelance basis as the projects needed them, bringing her in that way and really enjoyed working with her. But then I think things changed a lot for me in 2020, early 2021. It's just getting too much work to be able to cope with it on my own. And I thought the answer was, you know, bringing in staff effectively. So I started with an intern who was really good. But what I found the problem was it, it wasn't solving that bottleneck of the work always coming through me and the support they need. So then I was looking at other options like apprenticeship routes at the time as well. But again, it wasn't really going to solve that issue of it all coming through me and the time I have to put into that. Then at the same time, Emma came to me because she was facing a different challenge and she was a sole trader. I was a limited company and she was almost hitting that that threshold and asked me, you know, who do I use as an accountant and things like that. And then the conversation just started from there where it's like, well, I'm in this position, you're in this position. Actually, we're working increasingly together on projects, but on this kind of basis, what if we made it a bit more formal and made it a bit of like a a combined offer and then just worked it through from there? I imagine that switching from that to actually being in partnership with someone is quite a big change, isn't it? How did you figure out how you were going to work together? How did you know that you'd be able to? I mean, obviously you had done projects together, but not on that kind of partnership basis where you're making the decisions together. Yeah, it was a lot of conversations to begin with. I think you start with the principle of, could this work? We had a lot of big conversations about where would we want it to get to? Would it work as an offer to clients? Would it work for us? What would be the benefits of that? And working through some of those scenarios that you know you're going to come up against. So what if all the work I tend to work on dries up and things like that? The other thing we did was 
I was always really clear that if we're going to do it, it's a 50-50 thing. I've always worked on the basis of what what's the worst that could happen. Like when I went freelancing, it was like, well, if it doesn't work, you just go and look for another job. So it's the same here if you don't give it a go. And I think that's why it probably has worked because we we threw ourselves into it and did it together. So it was basically cleared my account, took all the money out and then started you know, from zero, but as a 50-50 partnership, Emma as a director. I think that's just how we've developed it. I, I think as well, it was finding the right person. I've always found Emma really easy to work with. I think we're quite similar in the way that we approach things. We're quite honest and I think, I think you need that honesty, but also the way we work as well. In, like we don't have a massive amount of structure <laughs> in the nicest possible way in that I know when the work comes in that we're both prepared to do those weekends or long hours if we have to, but we also like taking the time off at the same time. Whereas I could see it not working if I was working with someone who liked to work, you know, Monday to Wednesday, eight till three, you know, like it was those kind of specifics. So yeah, I think really important to find the the right person. It sounds like you already kind of had that sense that you you had complementary skills, so you'd make a good partnership in that sense, and a similar working style and similar kind of flexible approach. I'm wondering about things like the business development side and the admin side. Did you kind of agree that you'd have responsibility for different tasks, or do you just kind of divvy it up depending on your respective workloads? I think again, it was finding someone with a similar style. I'm not big into business planning and strategies and five-year plans and, you know, really strict marketing plans and things like that. We just kind of take it as we go, you know, roughly where you want to get to. And I think Emma has a similar approach and then it's just playing on the strengths and the things that you like to do. So it just kind of happens. You know, we're not working in a big corporation with hundreds of staff. It's just me and Emma. So it's just communication and keeping on top of things. So I think it, it just generally works. And I think the main thing was, trying to arrive at how do we market ourselves without losing that freelancing aspect? Because I think that's why everyone has worked with us in the past, that personal touch, working with Adam, working with Emma. Why we felt there was a bit of a gap in the market, so to speak, is I think there were independent researchers that had that, but they were a bit of either a jack of all trades or they specialised in one area. Or if they grouped, they really went for that approach of making them sound as big as possible, whereas we've tried to pitch it somewhere where they get that combination of skills, but they're still working with individuals. They're working with Adam and Emma and got that personal touch. So I think that was the biggest challenge is trying to get that marketing right. And that was a big piece of work to begin with is almost getting the um, getting the freelance band back together to uh, rebrand. So because we were starting this and doing it together, we didn't want it just to be like under my brand. It needed to feel new. Gareth Hancock helped us with the the copy. We had Frankie Tatora updated our branding. We had Dave Smythe fixing the website. We had Martin Brooks sorting all the accounting oh, side yeah, out. All so, star cast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's so I still feel like it it's based on like freelance roots. So it definitely sounds like it's been uh, kind of smooth sailing so far. Have there been any challenges? Have you had any kind of disagreements where you maybe want to take things in different directions? No, I guess it's still early, early days. I, th- I think it's just more, it's those small bits as you go. And I don't think there are any disagreements. I think I think in some ways it's been better to have that sounding board. Like, you know, it's where you take on a nightmare project and you're telling yourself at the time, I'm never doing that again. 
then three months later they come and you've suddenly had amnesia and <laughs> think oh let's take this on and it's nice to have someone there that reminds you can you remember how much of a nightmare that <laughs> yeah. was um, so I think it's those kind of conversations or when a piece of work comes in and one maybe is getting tempted by it just having that conversation and, and working it through so we've not had those um, major challenges and again I think it's about finding the right person I can imagine it being very different if you know you're going into partnership with someone who's wired up quite differently um, so if I was with someone who really wanted these really clear plans and we were checking in on, you know, are we meeting our targets and things like that? I could see there being a lot more disagreements, whereas I think we're both a bit more relaxed in in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And have there been any unexpected upsides to being a partnership as opposed to the subcontracting model that you had before? Because to me, it sounds like one of the biggest advantages would be you get to work on maybe bigger projects that you wouldn't have the capacity to do as one person before. But obviously, if you were subcontracting other freelancers, you may have been able to do that. So are there any other advantages to being a partnership? Loads that I weren't expecting. I think for me personally, the confidence side um, because you're working with someone who is actually giving you some of that feedback, who's <laughs> saying it, it, it's quite good, which you don't always get from clients. And I think that shared confidence as well in that, you know, like to be able to charge what we're worth and things like that, whereas you almost internalize a lot of those conversations otherwise and talk yourself out of it. Um, whereas I think we can be a bit, we're being a bit more brave by doing that together. I think your point there is right. I feel like we're almost like more than the sum of our parts now as well which we can't quite work it out whereas we've probably taken on more now than we did collectively as individuals if that makes sense and I think it is because we can share that workload a bit more and you can almost always take on a project to a degree and someone else will chip in and help that and I think the other thing is just that connection with someone it still feels like I'm freelancing but I'm doing it together because you know 50% of our projects there might be shared projects where we're both working on them but actually there is a decent chunk of the projects where they will still come and it only requires Emma's skills or my skills. So you still get that nice balance of, I think freelancers, we all like going off and doing our work on our own sometimes. And we still get that. And I think that probably helps the relationship as well because you're not constantly working with each other like 40 hours a week or whatever. We check in, but then go off and do our bits of work. Yeah, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. So do you have any tips for any other freelancers who like the sound of this model, but maybe aren't quite sure where to start? Maybe they don't have somebody in mind and they want to find someone, or maybe they do have someone in mind and they're not sure how to propose this to them. <laughs> do you have any suggestions for how they could maybe go about that? I'm always really reluctant to give tips and this is how you should do it because everyone's different. But I think for me, it's that bit around finding the right person um, and that can take time. So I think if it's something that you think you might be quite interested in, it's just always having that at the back of your mind as you're building those connections. Is that someone I can work with? And then, you know, start to work with them on a, a temporary basis to be with, you know, like that kind of associate basis or whatever it might be. I think this all came about because I went on LinkedIn four years ago and found someone who was freelancing near me and decided to message her and see if she fancied meeting up for a coffee with no other expectations other than meeting someone who does some things that are similar to me. So I think on the Being Freelance podcast at one point, it was that thing around like just keep meeting people, I think it was. And I think that's the point. And perhaps starting out working together on 
on a project by project basis could be a good way to sort of test the water and see how you like working together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I always just think you'll know the right time as well. So you just sometimes it takes a bit of, of patience and sometimes it takes those challenges to come up to force it. So I say me and Emma were facing different challenges at the time and it was it was just the answer that made sense and solved both of those, I guess. So um, so yeah. And do you work together? Are you in an office together or are you working remotely and you're just kind of connecting online? How do you actually set that up on a day-to-day basis? We both like working from home. So we end up using Teams just because we do a lot of public sector work, but it could be Slack or anything like that. So that, you know, having that online connection where we're logged in all day, every day, we try and meet up as much as possible. It's been challenging through like the pandemic and then having a baby but you know at one point we were trying to meet up like once a month or something like that whether it was around you know setting the business up or when we we're working on bigger projects and it just made sense to meet up and go through a meaty piece of of work and so just to go back to what we mentioned at, at the beginning of our conversation you talked about planning for your paternity leave and I'm so curious about how you actually went about doing that because I think this is something that a lot of freelancers can struggle with. I certainly do thinking about how do you take a big chunk of time off like that? So I wondered if if we can just squeeze in one more question. <laughs> do you have any suggestions for how people could maybe think about that process, whether it's paternity or maternity leave, or if it's just taking a chunk of time off for other reasons? How on earth do you do that? <laughs> I'm probably still not sure. I went into it with great int- intentions. So she was due at the beginning of January, so probably about six months away. I'd like basically scheduled all my projects to either finish at the end of December or start at the beginning of February. So I'd cleared January out, and then which would have been great. But then she turned up at the beginning of December. So then I just had to contact every client and try and shuffle it around. One thing I have found is that clients are humans and completely understand it so I didn't have anyone saying oh no what do you think you're doing it was all completely understandable it was you know a lot of our deadlines aren't actually they're quite self-imposed and and they're quite happy to to move them so I don't I think it's how much you want you want to do it as well I think sometimes we we think clients are going to be really reluctant to have all those big spaces but actually if you just speak to them and just say I want to take a couple of weeks off ultimately it's your time so just plan it and say you're not working you know, you could get knocked over by a bus and there's going to be times where you can't can't work. So just do what you've got to do. Yeah, and I suppose in both of these examples, this is a good argument for making sure that you've got that financial buffer in place so that you can ease the financial disruption from taking big chunks of time off, whether it's planned or not. <laughs> yeah, and that's not not anything I mentioned in the context of what me and Emma have been doing, but that's like been our big focus probably in this first year is those early conversations, a lot of them were about the financial side. It mainly revolved around how do we build up that reserves as quickly as possible and, you know, so that we basically got enough money that we could not take any work in for a year and still be able to pay ourselves. Because then, like, I think freelancing becomes a whole lot easier when you've got that money because you've got a lot more freedom to turn down the work that's not right. You've got that flexibility of when stuff comes in, you don't have to, you know, like those kind of unexpected things, you don't have to worry about it. I think it takes a lot of that that stress and and pressure off the two of you when you're doing something like that as well. So that's something I've always done since I started freelancing is having that 
reserves in there as quickly as possible, even if it means a really tight year, you know, like not really taking a lot out. It just makes a huge difference in the long run. If you're in the position where you can build it up, obviously it's been a really challenging few years for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. It just gives you that kind of sense of security and flexibility and more choice when you're working with different clients. So, I mean, we could talk about this all day, but I'm conscious that we're getting close to the end of our time. So I just want to say thank you so much for your time, Adam. If people want to find out more about your work and the work that you and Emma are doing, sign up for your newsletter or anything like that, where should they go? I would just head to psresearch.co.uk and then there's a tab about the newsletter. So I've got a newsletter that I try to send out once a month. I'm not very good at that at the moment. I am on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, but to be honest, again, since going into partnership with Emma I'm probably on there a lot less because I'm getting a I guess a connection in a different way and just yeah baby life and things like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah psresearch.co.uk is probably the best starting point okay great I'll put those in the show notes so people can find you if they've got any more questions about any of this so yeah thanks so much Adam and thank you to everybody for listening if you know someone who might find this useful please do share it with them otherwise I will see you next time happy freelancing You've been listening to 15 Minute Freelancer with me, Louise Shanahan, freelance health copywriter and content marketer at thecopyprescription.com. If you enjoyed this, please hit subscribe, leave a review or share it with a freelance friend. And if you've got a freelancing question you want answered on the podcast, find me and say hi on Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram. Thanks and until next time, happy freelancing! Happy freelancing!